Mike Seibert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show. Oh man, the sun is shining, is getting in my eyes here in downtown Seattle, and that means it's time for a very special weekend edition of Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and Instagram, but not on Facebook. I'll talk about that more um, later. And on uh, uh, this very special weekend edition of the podcast, I sound off on the Super Bowl that happened last week. Um, and uh, we hitch up to the trailer park and talk about uh, trailers for Deadpool 2 and Venom. Plus, I talk about how I had a Facebook account for 14 hours and I uh, introduce you the new executive producer of Mike Seibert Radio. I also talk about the next few episodes of the show, including a series of exclusive interviews that I am thrilled to talk about, as well as an update about my association with the Federway Coalition Against Trafficking and uh, the Break the Chains 5K, which will be happening in May. And it turns out I had all of my notes out of order. I uh, I just got done talking about uh, Winchester, but I hadn't mentioned anything about the Super Bowl that happened um, <clears throat> last week. Uh, but there were a couple of uh, few things that I wanted to mention on that again before uh, before it got stale. Uh, one, I'm uh, I'm I'm. I'm so happy that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick did not win another Super Bowl. Um, I, I'm I'm like you. I hate Tom Brady. I hate Bill Belichick. But it's but it's interesting. Um, and I and I um, I had I had a friend of mine uh, challenge me on this uh, where they're like, why though? Why do you hate Tom Brady? And and I actually kind of struggled to figure out why. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it just comes from jealousy. You know, he's a good looking dude and, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's one of the all time greats and keeps not losing until now. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I would imagine it's kind of like a petty jealousy type of thing. Um, but when my friend asked me point blank, I couldn't think of something that he's specifically done that pissed me off. I think it's just just his vibe more than anything. Um, uh, but then the game ends, and my uh, my wife has been more on this uh, uh, than I have. She keeps pointing it out to me. But but um, uh, apparently Tom Brady at the end of the game did not go over and congratulate Nick Foles, the uh, quarterback of the Eagles. Um, and yeah, that's you know it, it's poor sportsmanship, and and yeah, so I, I mean I. I get that. I mean, I mean, the 
Uh, so now I got a reason to hate Tom Brady, that there's something I can actually point to specifically as opposed to trying to remember uh, something about, you know, snide comments about squishy balls and and uh, cheating and, and things like that. In fact, prior to that, I had thought that I um, was starting to hate Cam Newton more because I could point to specific actions where, you know, just in those press conferences and bad apologies and, you know, uh, uh, being surprised that when Women know things about routes and, you know, just just things like that. The guy's just a just kind of a jerk. Um, But anyway, I uh, the thing that's interesting, like, okay, so we had a Super Bowl party and we had about a dozen um, of our friends over. It was a great time, uh, great food, great times. And, you know, um, since um, since nobody really had a vested interest in the outcome of the game other than wanting to see the Patriots lose, um, uh, thought it was going to be a good opportunity to just, you know, catch up on visiting and drinking and eating and hanging out and, you know, maybe watch a commercial or two, a halftime show or whatever. Um, but then surprisingly, it turned out to be a hell of a game. Now, the thing with the Super Bowl, and and I guess I should, I should put this out there right now. Now, obviously, I've been talking about movies and other stuff. This is not a sports podcast. I am not a sports enthusiast, uh, and, and nor am I really uh, much equipped to talk about uh, uh, sports, so I'm just not. But, um, you know, the Super Bowl is very rarely about the actual game. It's it's pageantry. It's 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 a show. It's a production. And, you know, the actual football game is generally a very small component of it. Um, you know, some people don't like that about it. Other people do like about it. Um, but what I like is that, you know, like half of the friends that we had over were not sports fans. They just like coming to our house and hanging out with us. And and for me, that's uh, that's enough. You don't have to watch the game. But then something happened. We found ourselves invested in the game because it was uh, um, for what was going to be all about defense ended up being a freaking shootout. And it was uh, it, it was not a bad game uh, on its own merit. But I, I I was kind of reluctant to be enthusiastic about Justin Timberlake doing the halftime show, um, you know, just based upon what happened in like, you know, 2002 with Janet Jackson and all that. And um, you know what? It was it was a it was a pretty entertaining show. I couldn't tell you a goddamn one of the songs that he sang. I mean, maybe it was because, you know, my house was so loud and we couldn't really hear it. But but the mark of a good halftime show is whether it's memorable. And I think this one was very memorable in how elaborate the production was. But not just that, how um uh, practical it was in being so extravagant. Like, I mean, like I, I thought it was really cool. Like when he's singing in the middle of the field, standing on the NFL logo, never seen that before. I thought, I thought that was, that was really cool. And I think it was, um, the best performance that I can recall that, um, uh, had scale and scope and uh, distance and used the entire field. Like usually what's happened is like, you know, they'll have a stage in the middle and then they have a bunch of people come out onto the field and it's kind of like a concert. This felt more like a production that used the field as part of the production. Like, you know, you had people like juggling those razor blades or whatever was going on there. Um, you had, uh, you know, Justin Timberlake 
we're like moving around from different stations. He's singing over here. Now he's going to go over here and play piano. Um, and yeah, I just I, I thought it was uh, really well done. And it didn't necessarily strike me as trying too hard. Whereas I think some of the ones in the past, like I, I kind of felt that way about uh, what Lady Gaga did uh, last year with like, you know, like the 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 bungee jump and the wire harness and all of that other stuff. I thought that was maybe a little too much. Uh, but th- this was done very, very well. And and I uh, I, I dug the Prince tribute. Um, you know, obviously we had all heard uh, prior to the game like they were uh, possibly going to incorporate like a like a hologram or some such like that. Um, who knows if that was actually something that they were going to do or not? But I thought the projection on the the silk screen was uh, really cool, very appropriate because I mean, obviously the the game was played in Minnesota. That's where Prince is from. And I uh, the the hair on my arm stood up and I, and I got the tingles when they uh, pull out of the stadium and the entire plaza is lit up in purple. And and, you know, they must have known what the weather was, because with all of the snow on the ground and the and the cold temperatures, it just made uh, the purple that much more vibrant. Um, and I thought that was really classy and really cool. And I think if they had uh, if they had done uh, the hologram thing, it just it just would have been lame. And um, you know, there, there's there's something to be said for doing a tasteful tribute without making it trashy. And I think I think they accomplished that uh, very very well. Um, uh, moving on from that, though, it was kind of funny because, like, I didn't necessarily get to see a whole lot of the commercials. Um, again, w- when you're having a house party, um, there's all this other stuff going on in your house. So, like, when you, even when you're trying to watch TV, you're only, like, half watching it, and you can barely hear it anyway. Um, but, yeah, I... Um, uh, there, there. I think there were more commercials that I disliked than I liked. Like, uh, you know, like the whole uh, uh, Peter Dinklage, uh, uh, Morgan Freeman uh, lip sync battle, whatever the hell. And incidentally, that that Mountain Dew ice is nasty. Uh, we uh, we had a couple bottles of that a few weeks ago, um, and basically, much like every other variation of Mountain Dew, it tastes like Mountain Dew. You know, it's like they left the food coloring out, but it it, it tastes like Mountain Dew. Actually, no, it, it tastes like Diet Mountain Dew. Um, it's a it's not great. Would not recommend. Have not tried those Doritos yet, though. Um, and I thought the timing was uh, problematic with the uh, the Tide ads. Oh, it's a Tide ad. You know, at a time where um, whether you know the the amount of quote unquote people eating tide pods is you know up for debate and discussion and what is you know that this whole tide pod challenge nonsense that that the mainstream has kind of uh grabbed a hold of but regardless it's in the public consciousness now so if we're doing tide commercials that's i don't know that i just, that just made me really uncomfortable uh but the one that really bothered me was the uh, uh ram truck commercials where we're um we're playing audio from uh uh Martin Luther King Jr and i don't know about you 
But I don't think Dr. King was especially interested in selling trucks. I mean, I... I've heard a rebuttal about the message, you know, because it's it's, uh, you know, the the whole tagline for the Dodge trucks is like built to serve. And that particular speech is, you know, all about service and things like that. And I, I get it. But, yeah, I don't know that 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 one just um, that struck me kind of weird. But you know what, though, more than the actual commercials, I think what. Uh, we're all interested in is the uh, movie trailers and commercials that are shown during the big game. It is interesting, though, which movies are featured in Super Bowl commercials and which ones aren't. You know, which studios want to pay for that and which ones don't. Uh, so so we get a brand new trailer for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which it, it was kind of interesting because after the game, uh, Killing Spree and I were, were going back and forth a little bit. And I, I remember teasing him months ago saying like because, uh, uh, I mean, his his big thing to tease me with is that uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens is basically a shot for shot remake of the original Star Wars um, or A New Hope, if you if you'd prefer. Uh, but my rebuttal to that has always been, well, yeah, but so is Jurassic World. I mean, it's it's a contemporary retelling of the story that kind of acts as a soft reboot also, while, you know, paying homage to the things that happened before. I don't mean to necessarily get into the details of arguing, but but that but that's kind of the 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 kind of basis for I, I was picking on Killing Spree, telling him that I think Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is going to be a remake of uh, the Lost World Jurassic Park. And I, um, all I saw of that trailer, I missed a lot of it, but all I saw was in one sequence where they're, they're loading up dinosaurs and putting them on a boat and getting them off the island. And then I see another sequence where there's dinosaurs running around in a suburban neighborhood. And I'm like, oh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's that's pretty much the lost world. That's kind of how that third act goes, and and it was kind of funny. I I think he was a little butt hurt at first, but um, uh, but anyway, I mean, I I've since watched the trailer again. It looks really good. I'm gonna go watch it anyway. I mean, come on, it's it's dinosaurs. It's Jurassic Park. How can you not go? Um, but we also finally, finally, jeez, um, got the uh, sneak peek for a uh, solo. Uh, the new Star Wars movie, and okay, so so the the teaser that they showed I thought was pretty satisfying. I thought it was really cool. I mean, like I I thought it was neat. I you know I I crooked a smile when Chewie throws his arm over Han's shoulder um, at the end of that. I, I I just thought that was pretty cool, um, and and of course. Um, uh, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian with his million watt smile. I just I I thought that was really cool, but I I I don't I don't understand the strategy of this movie because it's coming out in May, um, uh, Memorial Day weekend, um, which again had been the traditional time for a Star Wars movie to come out, but as of Force Awakens, that had been moved. Uh, to December, to Christmas time. That's when Force Awakens came out. That's when Rogue One came out, and that's when Last Jedi came out. So I don't, I, I don't understand the thinking behind putting this Han Solo movie out 
at Memorial Day instead of saving it for Christmas. I, I The only thing I can think of, I have a couple theories on this, but the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is that maybe you put a movie out sooner as kind of a palate cleanser for Last Jedi. Um, maybe somewhere along the way, uh, Kathleen Kennedy and um, uh, Lucasfilm Disney, somehow maybe they knew that The Last Jedi was going to be so polarizing. And maybe we just need a uh, separate standalone palate cleanser adventure to kind of, you know, uh, uh, get the taste out of our mouth, for for lack of better term. Um, maybe. I, I don't know. And, and and again, the whole uh, strategy was very odd in that like, they had a 30-second spot during the Super Bowl, but then the following day, they released a full two-minute trailer. Um, and there's very little footage in common between the two. So you go from having nothing, literally nothing, for months, you know, coming up on four months before the movie comes out, and you go from nothing to having basically two and a half minutes worth of uh, teaser footage is is very, very odd and interesting. But that being said, you know, and we we all thought that that was a warning sign, it and it very well still could be, but not for nothing. I liked what I saw. I liked everything that I saw. Like, it looks like there's all kinds of new creatures and characters uh, with really cool, clever designs. Everything looks really cool. Um, and there's something kind of neat about seeing the Millennium Falcon clean and new. Like, uh, you know, just, just the white, the the stark white hallways. It's just neat. And, you know, I, I saw um, a lot of Twitter love uh, for Donald Glover and to where basically they should just repurpose uh, this movie again um, as as a Lando movie instead of a Han Solo movie. And and you know what? I'm 100 percent there for that. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Childish Gambino. I, I love his music. He was great on Community. Um, but more than that, he's magnificent in Atlanta. Like uh, I, I mentioned that I discovered that show on the flight home from China, bid the whole thing. Hey, it was a, it was a twelve hour flight. I had time. Um, but no, it's a, seek that show out. It is it's great. He's great, and I think uh, I think he's going to do a real justice uh, to Lando Calrissian. I can't wait for that. Um, and yeah, the the dude that they got playing Han Solo looks kind of Han Solo-y enough. I'm 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 cool with that. Um but yeah, no, I I think I think it'll be a cool movie and you know what, even if it's not, I'm I'm still going to go. Um but but I mentioned to you a, a little bit ago that I had a theory and I was thinking about this uh the other day. Um I almost think the standalone Star Wars movies that they've put out, they've put them out in the wrong order. Uh bear with me a sec. Because okay, so you see Force Awakens and it gives you all the nostalgia, but you also, you know, say goodbye to Han Solo. Now, knowing what we know now, you get Rogue One, and then you get Last Jedi. And Last Jedi, as we know, really pays no homage to Han Solo whatsoever. So you kind of, you know, I mean, you have to, you have to buy the uh, uh, the novelization to get an added scene um, for for some acknowledgement of uh, Han Solo in there. Would that have been a good opportunity to put out the Han Solo movie first? Like, for example, you do Force Awakens, 
Then the following year, you do the Han Solo movie. Then you do Last Jedi. And then, again, going back to the December schedule, the following December, then you put out Rogue One. I don't know. I I just think it would be um, a little more effective from a not necessarily a storytelling perspective, because, you know, obviously these are uh, prequel movies. Um, But still, I I, I don't know. For some reason that that just kind of got stuck in my head and now I can't shake it. Um, uh, I'd love to hear what you think about that. Uh, You know, tweet me at Mike Seibert Radio um, or uh, uh, send me an email, MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. Let me know what you think uh, about the ordering of the um, uh, Star Wars standalone movies and, and let me know who uh, who else you want to see in there. You know, it's like, you know, it sounds like we're going to get the Kessel run. Um, so does that mean we're also going to get Job of the Hutt? Um, I, I think it would be a missed opportunity if we don't have Boba Fett. And yeah, that that's me being a Boba Fett homer. But but I but I just want it on the record that through these last three Star Wars Disney movies, uh, Force Awakens, Rogue One and Last Jedi, not once have I piped up and said, well, hey, this would be cool if it had Boba Fett in it. And, you know, it's been kind of hard to sit on that impulse. But I think if you don't have Boba Fett show up in in Solo, a Star Wars story, I think that I think that's kind of cheating the fans a little bit because, you know, you know, since you're doing so much fan service stuff anyway, I mean, this is basically a fan service movie. If you're going to do it, you may as well just own it. And friggin' do it and give the fans everything that they want. But I, um, uh, another thing I wanted to mention, and and I've not watched this because I, d- I don't do the Netflix, but, uh, but speaking of movies that had like, you know, no notice prior to their release, uh, saw, saw the commercial for the Cloverfield Paradox. Now, um, I, I've since learned a little more about this movie, but I thought it was really cool that they just, uh, they're just like, here you go. And, and that just kind of seems to be the Netflix model anymore. Um, but from what I understand, uh, it's not very good, <laughs> um, which is fine because the other two movies are not especially great. Um, I mean, I, I liked 10 Cloverfield Lane up until I didn't. I mean, it, it's got some really cool uh, psychological thriller stuff and there's a lot of tension. But then you get to the third act and it's just like, what movie is this? I, I, I don't want this. But uh, um, uh, something I was thinking about on the drive in today um, was that I, uh, I keep thinking that I want to get Netflix. You know, it's like uh, um, I, I want to watch the Netflix Marvel stuff. I want to watch Daredevil. You know, I want to watch Jessica Jones, uh, you know, and, and uh, The Punisher and all the other stuff. Um, I, I think Netflix has done a really good job of kind of permeating the popular culture, you know, whether it's uh, Stranger Things, House of Cards, or, you know, like even even that uh, that that wretched Will Smith movie upright, you know, Netflix is doing things that says, OK, this is a destination. This is we have the stuff that you want. But the thing that I think I'm thinking about more more and more thinking about this uh, a Cloverfield Paradox movie is I think the stuff that I want is garbage. Like, you know, uh, a bright 
is garbage. Uh, uh, Cloverfield paradox, while it is a thing that's just come out of nowhere with no n- notice, is garbage. And uh, from what I understand from my friends, a lot of what's offered on Netflix is these trashy, garbage, straight-to-DVD movies. Um, well, I guess uh, straight-to-streaming, I guess. But, but like, there's a lot of, like, Netflix-exclusive content that, that that's just garbage. Um, you know, uh, stuff that's even uh, subpar of, like, sci-fi original movies. It's, you know, just stuff that... that that's just awful. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff on there as well, but in terms of like original content, not everything is Stranger Things. A lot of it is Cloverfield Paradox. So, um, but I, I do think it's interesting that as a customer that doesn't have Netflix, I still have that that itch to where it's like, I think I want Netflix because, you know, I want to have the opportunity to not watch this stuff. Um, maybe I'll get on it one of these days, but um, but not today. <laughs> um, let's see. The uh, uh, the other trailer. Uh, oh, was a uh, um, skyscraper that uh, that uh, um, the not diehard movie uh, where uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is an amputee. He has a prosthetic leg. Um, so it looks like he's basically basically being uh, John McClane, but with a prosthetic leg. There's a lot of, like, jumping from thing to thing. And I saw a poster of Skyscraper, like, I don't know, like two, three, four days before the Super Bowl. And I was like, what is this? Because, again, no trailer, no commercials, no promotion. And suddenly, out of nowhere... um, I thought it was going to be like the whole uh, Crocodile Dundee thing where it's like it's a thing that's not actually a movie. I kept waiting for that. So I'm watching this uh, commercial for Skyscraper on TV and I'm like, oh, my God, this is actually a real movie. Um, On the flip side, Dundee, not a real movie. It's for uh, Tourism Australia, which I thought was really clever um, because, I mean, the spot they played was funny enough and they had um, did a really good job of building up buzz kind of like is this a movie is this not a movie what what's going on here i thought i thought that was a lot of fun um the the last thing i wanted wanted to mention about the game and and it has nothing to do with the game at all or even the trailers or commercials that were shown but um so they um they uh they showed an episode of this is us um after the game uh, you know, and they they had really hyped it up. Uh, you know, like there was like you know TV commercials of like you know house fires, and apparently like you learn the fate of uh, some of these characters. You know, I I don't watch the show. I don't really know much about it. But the one thing that I do know is that Peter Petrelli is super dead. Fucking spoilers. And it was um, it was kind of funny because like we were all talking about amongst amongst ourselves. This was kind of like in the fourth quarter of the game, and you know, like they showed a commercial. It's like all your questions will be answered. And um, a few of my friends were were mentioning apparently where um, uh, what causes this house fire is like a crock pot or something like a crock pot catches on fire. And we all look over in our kitchen. We have four different crock pots plugged into uh, one surge strip uh, in our kitchen. It's like, ooh, buddy. Uh, But apparently like crock pot had to 
put out like a a uh, statement indicating, yeah, by the way, crockpots don't catch on fire. You're safe to use your crockpot. So we all thought that was kind of funny. And I have no idea if that's a spoiler because we didn't actually watch the episode because get this, um, another uh, couple friend of ours, they do watch the show. They're like, oh, well, you know, as soon as the game ends, we, we have to change the channel um, because, you know, we're like three episodes behind and you know, don't want it spoiled. And, you know, I'm polite and I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. But in, in my mind, I am just like, let's get you the hell out of my house because um, they were kind of pushy about it. And um, I don't know about you, but when I'm a guest in someone's home, I try not to dictate what's being played on the television. Um, and as you know, it, it, and it's kind of interesting because generally what will happen is we'll leave the TV on and it will just continue to play and we'll just uh, ignore what's going on. I mean, like uh, last year or a year before or whatever, they had an episode of the blacklist. Uh, that was an episode we watched, but it was on, but my wife and I didn't really notice it because we had it. We had a DVR and watched it later. Um, no big deal. But yeah, it just it just really bothered me. So it's like I'm flipping through the channels incredulously, trying to find something to put it on. So we just we just ended up watching women's tennis. Uh, I, I think it was like Russian women's tennis too, because like nobody was speaking English, but it was uh, it was uh, 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 people playing tennis, grunting in uh, short skirts and whatnot. So I thought that was. I thought that was appropriate. It beats the hell out of watching Big Bang Theory reruns. Let me tell you that. Um, but yeah, no, that that just uh, it just really really bothered me. I just kind of wanted to get that off my chest. But what was interesting is um, um, after the game, and in fact, actually, this was um, uh, this week. We got a couple other trailers, and for that, we have to head out to the trailer park. So two new geeky trailers dropped this week. Uh, the first one we're going to go through is the brand new trailer for Deadpool. And then we're a uh, um, uh, trailer for Venom dropped. But let's let's take a listen to some audio from Deadpool 2. I was born into war, bred into it. People think they understand pain, but they have no concept of it. What's the most pain you've ever felt? Maybe the kind that leaves you more machine than man. Wait, no, stop! What in the actual ass? Dale, why, why, why are the visual effects not done? It's a metal arm. It's not like we're trying to remove a mustache. Ah, oh, fuck it. I'll do it myself. I'm Cable, and I'm from the future, and I like blowing shit up. Pew, 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 pew! Reach for the sky! <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Sheriff Deadpool. You know, you're a lot taller in the- Shut up, you little asshole. Take this- Oh! Regeneration powers, activate! <laughs> That's not something you said. Zip it, Cable! I got the stones to help you. No! <laughs> no biting. <laughs> They're done already? Oh. Wow, that was unrealistically fast. Okay, hit it. Your time's up, you dumb fuck. Well, 
That's just lazy writing. <laughs> so uh, uh, May 18th, that's when uh, Deadpool 2 will be hitting theaters. And, uh, and you know, a, a couple things there. Um, you know, the, the same things that, that you thought were badass, I thought was badass as well. You know, we're taking shots at, at Justice League and the uncanny mustache. Um, so, so that's awesome. You get a couple Toy Story references in there. Uh, but also, it's kind of like a blink and you miss it type of thing. But there's a there's a part where Deadpool is uh, coming out of like the back of an airplane, and there's a bunch of folks with him. Um, saw a still shot of that, and there's speculation on who some of those other characters are. Um, yeah, looks uh, looks awfully X Forcey. So. I mean, maybe uh, Deadpool 2 is going to be like a backdoor sequel setup for an X-Force movie. I, I, I mean, I think an X-Force movie will be kind of rad, especially if they kind of treat it with kind of like a tongue-in-cheek type of thing. Like there's a dude that that looks like he's got Shatterstar's headpiece on and and actually even looks like there's a, there's a uh, character or two from the uh, Peter Milligan, uh, Mike Allred uh, X-Force era uh, from the comics um, in there so I, I i don't know quite what they're gonna do but all, all i know is that sometimes when you try to make a sequel kind of a backdoor pilot for another movie it can kind of fall flat i mean i'm looking right at you blade trinity um but uh speaking of the uncanny mustache i uh um there, there was also a trailer for uh mission impossible fallout and you know um you know tom cruise may be out of his ever-loving mind but man i love those mission impossible movies i mean it's like even even when they're bad they're still pretty good um i'm that guy that actually likes Mission Impossible 2. I actually like that movie a lot, uh, way more than I should, and I think I've seen it way too many times. I mean, I, I guess I guess part of the reason is is like you know we watch it every couple years, and it never fails since we watch it every couple years. I always lean into my wife. I'm like, hey. You know, uh, uh, Dugray Scott was almost Wolverine, right? Like he, uh, um, he was gonna do the X Men, but he couldn't because he was too busy making Mission Impossible Two, and uh, and and now we've had seventeen years of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Um, I, I I think we did okay. I wonder what Dugray Scott's up to anyway. Huh? Never really thought about it. Um. Anyhow, here's a here's a here here's a little bit of the new trailer for Venom. Everyone's got their thing. Maybe it's a breakup, a death, an accident. Whatever it is, you used to be one thing. Now, you're something else. So I don't know what kind of voice Tom Hardy is trying to do here. I mean, it almost kind of sounds like a weird variation of the Bane voice, but without the mask. I I, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, this this it looks okay, and I'm I'm glad there's a trailer out because the movie comes out in October. But um, did um, I think I think there's something missing. 
oh, oh, that's right. Uh, there's no Venom in this Venom trailer. Um, you, you get to see some black goo swimming around in a cylinder, which, I mean, was okay, I guess. But um, I, uh, I don't know, man. Do we need a Venom movie? I mean, I guess I'll show up because comic books. But, yeah, and, 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 I, like, and I like Tom Hardy. Um, but, yeah, I, ooh, I don't know, man. Uh, but I do know that, you know, for the rest of this year, for 2018, we are we are set for life in, in terms of uh, Marvel movies. I mean, I think maybe we're getting a DC movie. Maybe we're getting Aquaman. Um, but who could possibly care? Uh, but I, uh, I I found a listing of the uh, complete Marvel movie schedule uh, for 2018. Obviously, uh, Black Panther uh, comes out on February 14th. Uh, Avengers Affinity War will be out on May 4th. Deadpool 2 will be out on May 18th. Uh, Atman and the Wasp will be out on July 6th. Then we have to jump all the way to uh, October 5th. That's when Venom comes out. And finally, on November 2nd, uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix is... Uh, that's when that movie is coming out. And speaking of, no trailer for that movie either. Huh. And I wonder what that says about uh, current patterns, because I know um, a common complaint is that, like, too much is spoiled in the trailer. And I, I happen to believe that myself. I I love a good 30-second teaser trailer um, or maybe, like, 90 seconds tops. But, like, when it starts going over two minutes, that's where I think I think there's there's just way too much there that's shared. I mean, you know, oftentimes... I'm going to go anyway. I can't think of a time where, you know, a movie trailer has has uh, caught my attention so much to where a movie that I had no interest in suddenly made me very interested. Uh, Like, I mean, like the only thing I could think of off the top of my head would be maybe John Wick. But even that I didn't see in the theater the first time through. I found it on video. Um, sure as hell went to go see John Wick 2 in the theater, but still, um, yeah, that, that's like the only thing I can think of where, you know, a trailer actually sold me on the movie. Um, so, uh, Black Panther is coming out next week. It comes out on, uh, February 14th, like I mentioned. Um, this is, a um, to say that this is a hotly anticipated movie, uh, would be an understatement. I think this is a movie that's going to be... Uh, capital I important to a lot of people. A lot of people are very excited, myself included. I mean, it's like I've I've been on board for wanting a Black Panther movie uh, since uh, since it was rumored that Wesley Snipes was going to be a uh, Black Panther back in the '90s. I mean, I I would I'm like a pre Blade uh, Wesley Snipes as T'Challa. I mean, get out of here. I I would I would love that. Would have loved to have seen that. Um, but the uh, Black Panther that we're getting uh, looks really really cool it looks like it pulls from several different eras of the comics and and i think it's going to be great and i think a lot of people are going to be uh, very happy with it but one thing that it won't have um upon release is a perfect 100 rating on rotten tomatoes did you see this uh black panther got its first bad review and people are not having it. Uh, One negative review has broken Black Panther's 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. The review criticizes the film for not showing its heroes beat up enough bad guys, and fans of the film are not happy. 
I, I'm not going to bother uh, uh, reading the tweets about it, but there there are a lot of people that are very genuinely upset about this. And I think that's very uh, frustrating. As of this recording, I haven't heard any allegations of uh, uh, the reviewer being racist or racism or, or anything like that. But I think that... Um, when Black Panther comes out, it is going to have a disproportionately high uh, critical rating because based upon this backlash off of one review, I think that a lot of mainstream critics will be afraid to criticize the movie. Um um, I don't want to get into the whole nonsense of like, you know, like DC people trying to conspire to lower the tomato meter rating because they think that Marvel people, you know, sabotaged uh, Justice League's tomato rating along with uh, the other uh, uh, terrible DC movies like uh, Suicide Squad and 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 Batman v Superman. Um, look, those movies are terrible. Um, I do, however, think that there is something weird. There is something fishy that most contemporary Marvel Disney movies, uh, the MCU movies, do have um, have conspicuously high tomato ratings. I'm I'm not going to say that I don't believe that. Like I remember, like when uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier came out, and it had like a 93. percent That was a big deal at the time. I re- I remember that because it was like, well, this is a really good movie. It's not just a good Marvel movie. It's a really good movie. But most of the other movies subsequent to that have had what I consider to be disproportionately high ratings. And I, I, but I wouldn't say that the flip side is true that, that DC movies have disproportionately low ratings. Um, uh, I, I mean, maybe that makes sense. The, the way that I'm explaining it, I, I, I don't know if there's a full on conspiracy, but from what I understand also, uh, Black Panther seems like I mean I I'm very excited for it and I'm sure it's legitimately a really good movie, um, but the fact that people are upset that it's not going to hit with a hundred percent makes me feel very uncomfortable. You know, not for nothing. I feel like regardless. And I don't know exactly what this means, but regardless, I think a movie like Black Panther is critic proof in the same way that Wonder Woman was critic proof. I I mean, Wonder Woman made a lot of money and it was a movie that was important and special to a whole lot of people. And that's, you know, that's the buzz building around Black Panther. I think it's going to be the same thing. But the thing that I am dreading the thing that i am legitimately afraid of is um it is much like with uh, people that didn't like wonder woman they were accused of being misogynistic and sexist what happens to people that don't like black panther are are they racist god i hope not um uh, just based upon the so-called outrage about this one negative review, um, 
I don't know what it's going to be like when more potentially negative reviews uh, come in, if they come in. Because like I said, I mean, it looks like a, a legitimately cool movie. But um, a- another thing that that's kind of kind of kind of troubled me. Uh, it's a social media thing about Black Panther is uh, there's there was a hashtag going around uh, hashtag don't bootleg Black Panther, um, basically encouraging folks to actually go out to the theater and actually pay to go see the movie as opposed to bootlegging it and downloading it. And, and that was like the specific phrasing that I saw, you know, like the word actually got thrown around a lot. And that, that also makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like that um, to where it's like, uh, well, no, th- this movie is special and significant. So let's wrap our ra- arms around it and actually pay for this one. I, I don't I don't like what I think that says and and representative of the people saying it. I mean, I, I'm not trying to virtue signal here, but I, uh, I I don't pirate movies. I don't download movies illegally. If I want to watch a movie, I'll pay for it. If I don't want to watch it, I won't pay for it. Bottom line. So, um, I don't know. It, it's It'll be interesting to see after the movie comes out what the conversation is like. And uh, uh, speaking of conversations, uh, I was recently chatting with Matt and Tim from the Not So Much But Us show. And, and we're looking to do a uh, Black Panther episode uh, very similar to the episode we did on Logan last year where it was uh, Matt and Tim as well as myself and uh, Cork from the uh, Buzz Morning Show, uh, formerly on KGRG. Um, uh, that was a lot of fun. So um, I, I'm really anxious to uh, reconnect with those guys and kind of get uh, the perspective of three bearded white guys talking about uh, Black Panther. But and uh, and as soon as we get the date solidified, I will let you know and I will start actively promoting that. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm very anxious for Black Panther. I think it's uh, I think it's going to be really cool. <laughs> And finally, I, I want to tell the story about how I was almost on Facebook, or actually I was on Facebook for, but for like less than uh, 24 hours before my um, account was deactivated. Uh, but first, let, let me let me take a step back. I, um, you know, uh, I'm not on Facebook. Um, I've never had a Facebook profile or a page before. Um, when when I got on social media, I chose Twitter. Um, and, and a lot of that, and I don't know if I've told this story for a while, but where that came from was mostly from uh, Kevin Smith. Like at, at the time when I was listening to him back in like uh, uh, 2012, he was talking about how he wasn't on Facebook, but he uh, he liked using Twitter and, you know, a few other podcasts that I was getting to like like 2012 was really the time that I was really getting into a lot of podcasts. And uh, what I found is that a lot of them also use Twitter. So I thought, OK, well, you know, if I. Uh, I I think I'm at a spot in my life where I think I'm ready to do some kind of social media. Like I never had a MySpace or any of that other stuff. So, um, yeah, being a uh, almost 40 year old man, I uh, I didn't actually start a social media account until I 
got on Twitter in uh, 2012. So yeah, so so I so I got on Twitter and and found I liked it quite a bit. And later on, I started an Instagram account because at the time they uh, they were able to do videos and uh, and Twitter wasn't. And I thought that that would be kind of a cool way to promote my uh, uh, college radio show. And uh, but still. Um, no Facebook. And a lot of it, um, quite frankly, came from me being stubborn. Like, uh, like when I first joined KGRG, it's like, well, um, you know, we'll get you set up on the, on the KGRG management page. Uh, what's uh, what's your Facebook? I don't have Facebook. Oh, and, and I was kind of like a pariah for a while, actually, because, you know, I'm around college kids. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of the folks that I knew basically had, um, you know, started their Facebook when they were 13 or even folks had had Facebook pages started for them prior to that. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it's just a, it's just a different culture. And, um, it was just something I never wanted to be a part of because I knew that it was going to just be such a massive time suck for me. Like at the time, like, you know, a candy crush was huge. You know, people were like playing games and, you know, it, it was always, like you know getting notifications hey i need a wagon wheel uh can, do you got a wagon wheel for me and all, all this other all this other nonsense that quite frankly i just wanted no part of and if i'm being fully honest with you now um i also didn't necessarily want to be found like i felt like um, when I went back to school and was taking IT classes and by extension of that, um, uh, getting into radio, I, I just kind of felt like it was kind of a new chapter in my life. Um, you know, an opportunity for me to kind of, uh, reinvent myself. And as such, I didn't necessarily want, um, for lack of better term, ghosts of the past tracking me down like you know um uh people from my old job or even worse like people from high school um and a lot of this is just based upon what i hear from my friends you know it's like they're always getting like you know friend requests from like you know old uh boyfriend girlfriend or like you know like uh people they grew up with as kids and all of that and and that never really appealed to me not necessarily from the fact that I didn't want to interact with these people, but on the other side that I was afraid that I would interact with them and that that would start to um, draw my focus away and create a level in, of investment that maybe I wasn't quite ready for. So, so I avoided Facebook initially for that, uh, but then later on, uh, during my time at KGRG, it was just because I was stubborn. And, you know, because like every time uh, somebody would be like, oh, I saw this meme, but you're not on Facebook. Every sentence would start with, but you're not on Facebook um, or, oh, you're not on Facebook. And, and you know, it was what it was. And I found a way to, um, you know, miraculously, I found a way to survive without being on Facebook. Uh, fast forward to now and uh, some of the stuff that I want to do for work and kind of uh, in terms of advancement and what I want to do um, at my day job um, requires the use of Facebook. Um, so I was at this crossroads where it's like, what do I do? What do I do? Um, 
And so finally, I, you know, I, I, I was, um, I, I was in a mood one night, and so I, I got out my phone, and when I got my new phone, it had uh, the Facebook app uh, uh, preloaded on there. I didn't bother to uh, uninstall it like I had with my old phone. Um, and yeah, I just I followed the steps and I created an account. Um, so first I set up a profile, you know, uh, added, you know, like a, a uh, profile picture and a cover photo um, and all that. So I set that up and then I then I got to thinking a little more. And I started checking out uh, pages for podcasts I follow, like uh, like uh, like the Countdown, for example, or So I Married a Movie Geek, or We Hate Movies, um, uh, the Autopod Decepticast. You know, I I just uh, was just checking out their Facebook pages specifically for their podcasts. I'm like, you know, if I set up a page. That will give me one more place to be able to share podcast episodes with you. And uh, like I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I interacted with uh, with a band and I asked them about their social media and they're like, well, you can find us on Facebook. And, you know, I, I didn't really push it, but it was just like, you know, I've always had the feeling um, that like since I'm not on Facebook, I'm missing something. And even though everybody I share that with tells me that I'm not, um, but it's it's you know it's almost like a, like the Netflix thing I was talking about earlier, to where you know it it you don't know what you're missing because you're not on it, you're not being exposed to it. Like uh, I'm sure Facebook, just like Netflix, is really just a bunch of garbage. Um, but I so I set up a. Uh, page, uh, Mike Seibert radio page. Um, and this was about the time I had published a new episode. It was, uh, my interview with Ray Hayden. I went to go publish it. I published it, you know, and, and, and I spent a lot of time like trying to tag all the separate bands and cause you know, I, I you know, I don't know how to do Facebook. So I'm like trying to figure out it's like, well, is it like at somebody or how do you do this? So so I spend a lot of time trying to figure that out, tagged all these bands, hit publish, and I see the the post published on the brand new at Mike Cybert Radio page. And then I go back to my Mike Cybert profile page to share it. And I'm like, oh cool. I'll 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 share this. In the meantime, I've racked up like five friend requests. You know, one from uh, uh, Mike Burt from Limber Lost who uh, messaged me. I still don't, I never did figure out how to respond, but it was like uh, a bunch of ghost emojis and says, oh my God, you're actually being on Facebook testing out the waters. And then the other four requests were from uh, people from my old work, um, which I knew that was going to happen. Um, I don't know why I was surprised, but it made me kind of squirrely. But anyway, I go to share this uh, this post of my podcast, and then my uh, um, I get a pop up window. It says we've detected suspicious activity on your account, um, and it's uh, we need you to send us a photo of yourself for our security team to authenticate. So I send them a photo and then get locked out of my account. 
So, because um, after I hit submit, it said, okay, Facebook will now log you out for security reasons. And I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? And um, so I keep trying to log in various times. So and then finally, a day later, um, I go to log in and it says, your account has been disabled. And there's a frequently asked questions thing. It's like click here and and it doesn't give like a specific error code or anything like that. But I think what it was trying to say is that it somehow like violated some policy or so. I, I, I really don't know. And that's kind of what makes me so frustrated is I really don't know. Um, then. <laughs> OK, then. I start trolling the forums trying to figure out what the actual hell is going on. And I find a, um, a, a phone number for customer care. Here's, here's your public service announcement. Do not call that number. As far as I know, there is no phone number for customer care because I, um, I called, got a, um, a very Indian-sounding person. Um, which, you know, I mean, I mean, not to be super racist, but like, I'm like, okay. And, you know, he asked for, um, uh, the phone number I used to set up the account and my name. He brings it up and tells me that the account was disabled because it was accessed by, uh, uh, suspicious logins from Las Vegas and Dallas. I'm like, okay, I'm in Seattle. So, um, so yeah, neither of those were me. But then he says that there is a $5 fee to reactivate the account. And at that point, I'm like, oh, well, no, thank you. And he's like, well, um, well can I ask you why? I'm like, well, because quite frankly... Having Facebook is not worth $5 to me. Uh, but thank you, though. And he's like, oh, well, well, it's it, it's refundable. It's just it's just a um, oh, I forget how he explained it. But basically it was uh, um, he was trying to say it was a refundable fee for um, uh, security purposes. And I am not buying this. I'm like, yeah, OK. He's like, well, are you near your computer? I'm like, yes. He's like, okay, well, I need you to log into your laptop. And that was the last thing I heard him say before I hung up on him, because I'm sure you've gotten those calls at home where it's somebody that says, hey, I need you to access your computer for me. Oh, hey, why don't you put in your passwords and go to this website and click on this? Um, I don't retain a whole bunch, nearly as much as I should, uh, from having completed my IT degree. But I do know, and I'll remind you of this now, if somebody calls and asks you to log into your computer and to go to a website, click a portal and put in passwords or whatever, hang up on that person and do not do that. What you're doing is you are giving somebody remote access to your computer. Um, and I did a little more research after this, and turns out this is like a huge ransomware scam. Um, so, so there's that, and I am just 
I'm just livid at this entire thing. I think some of you have seen some of my snarky tweets about like, well, I didn't want to be on Facebook anyway. Um, but see, here's the thing, though. Now I don't know what to do because like the work stuff I still need to do. Now, um, it's been suggested to me that maybe I just go through and set up a um, set up another account, but use my work email address and don't load any pictures. You know, like no profile picture, no cover picture, just leave it. Um, my problem is, you know, see also my uh, thing about uh, uh, not watching movies illegally. You know, I, I go to the the uh, Facebook terms and conditions thing. And amongst other things, it says if your account is disabled, don't set up another one. So I don't know if that's ethically right. But by the same token, I kind of need this thing for work. So... I'm a, I'm kind of stuck. So as of now, there is no Mike Seibert Radio Facebook page. So I can't tell you to go like it or or share posts or do whatever it is that people do on uh, on podcast Facebook pages. But I do need some advice, though. Uh, what 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 would you do if you were in this situation, if you found yourself with your Facebook profile uh, disabled? You know, I mean, what do you do? I mean, like, uh, I don't know. And and here's the other thing. I don't know what caused it. You know, I, I don't know if it's because, like, you know, my profile says Mike Seibert and I created a page called Mike Seibert Radio, you know, for the podcast. I don't know. I, I'm as baffled as I am furious. I'm really mad about this. Um, uh, I don't really want to be on Facebook, but... Once I was there and saw perhaps the potential for reaching new audience members and giving uh, you another platform to interact with me, that suddenly seemed really appealing. So and, and, and it's I just realized that a lot of my reluctance was just based on being stubborn. So I thought, you know, I would be you know, perhaps more open-minded and, you know, ready for new ideas, which is really hard for somebody my age. And it just, it just totally bit me in the ass. And it just, it's, it's just really, really, really soured me on it. So even if I do get this work thing going, I, I don't think I will ever pursue Facebook as an actual thing because, uh, um, as near as I can tell, there's no recourse for me. Like, like I, uh, uh there's like an appeals process where you put in your name and, you know, like uh, what what your appeal is, as well as like some extra photos. Um, but I mean, I, I have no idea if that will ever come to anything and I have no idea what uh, what the timing on that is. So I'm just uh, uh, stuck and really, um, really frustrated. Ah, well, I think that will about do it for this week. Well, actually, wait a second. 
Before I get out of here, I've got uh, uh, two quick things I want to mention before I uh, uh, talk about what's happening in the next several episodes of the podcast. Uh, first, you heard me tease it at the top. Please give it up for the executive producer of Mike Seibert Radio, my lovely wife, Lucky Seibert. Live studio audience is going crazy for the former Mrs. Mad. That's uh, that's right. We uh, we had a conversation recently, and I'll, I'll talk about this more in uh, upcoming shows but um we realized that you know i i'm not doing a show called mike after dark i'm not using the acronym mad anymore um and uh she thought it was time uh to kind of shed the mysterious mrs mad identity um and um and she's going to take a more active role in the show kind of uh helping me plan and keep things straight and uh really um officially and formally uh getting the credit that she uh, uh, very much deserves because, you know, I, um, after, after some conversations, I uh, came to the realization and it was brought to my attention that I may not thank her enough um, because, um, you know, and, and as guys, anybody that's in that committed relationship, um, uh, your significant other is is always your rock and the person that you go to and you run all of your stupid ideas on um, and they, you know, help you stay sane, help you stay true and and and, and just offer that uh, that support. Um, and, uh, and Lucky has been, uh, supportive of me since day one, uh, but, uh, more specifically, like, you know, encouraging me to go back to school, um, when, uh, you know, like I, I tell the story about how I got involved, uh, with KGRG, uh, after I finished up, uh, the degree, it was her idea. Um, she said, you know, while you're looking for a job after you graduate over the summer, you should probably take a class. And that's when I, you know, shared with her that I was, you know, like interested in, uh, you know, saw that flyer and was interested in pursuing radio. And even all through every phase of uh, my show, from Mike After Dark uh, through the Monday Project to now um, Mike Cybert Radio, she has always been in the background helping me do the best show that I can do for you. Um, so again, um, I just wanted to uh, thank her on this uh, on this Valentine's week. Um, let's. Uh, Let's get some more uh, some more applause there, but um, no. Uh, so I guess that that's my uh, uh, special message to all of the uh, uh, folks that are in a relationship: is you know, take that extra moment to thank your significant other because uh, if you think that you do, and you might. But I bet you, you don't do it enough. And even if you do do it enough, you could always stand uh, to do it just a little bit more. Um, uh, those uh, those words aren't wasted. So uh, so that was uh, uh, one bit of advice I wanted to uh, leave with you before I closed out this week. Um, also, I want to mention the Federal Way Coalition Against Trafficking, or uh, uh, FEDCAT, uh, F-W-C-A-T. Um, I'm not going to get into it too much in this particular show, but uh, you may have seen uh, in the show notes some information 
about the uh, Break the Chains of Human Trafficking 5K that's coming up on May 19th. That's a Saturday. That is going to be in my hometown of Federal Way. Um, a couple announcements regarding that. This is a... a organization that my wife and I and uh, several of our friends are doing some volunteering for. And what my um, what my contribution of volunteering is going to be is to offer up my voice and my platform, uh, this podcast, uh, to kind of spread awareness um, about human trafficking in uh, in our local communities. Um in coming shows, I don't have any dates solidified yet, but uh, there will be uh, several special podcasts. Uh, these will be, you know, unnumbered, uh, not canonic episodes of Mike Seibert Radio, but they will be um, available on my feed. And what I'm looking to do is talk to uh, some of the organizers and key players of the coalition so that they, in their own words, can kind of tell you uh, what the organization is about, what they're looking to accomplish, why they're doing what they're doing. And all of this is really kind of in uh, a promotion, again, of that uh, 5K that's coming up in May. Um, I want to mention this now specifically uh, for a, a couple reasons. One, uh, registration is open for the actual 5K. Um, it's it's currently $10 per person to register to walk in the 5K. And that price is good through March 1st. Uh, so if you register by midnight on 3-1, um, it will cost you $10 to register and you'll get an exclusive T-shirt. After that, uh, the price goes up. So I, uh, uh, since this will be uh, very probably... Uh, my last non-interview episode uh, in the month of February. I want to make sure and mention that again before I closed out. And uh, the second arm of that is I wanted to share with you, you know, uh, Lucky was sharing this with uh, me, that this was something she uh, came up with in talking to some of our friends, is that even if you live out of state or... Um, not in the area, and it's like, well, I don't live in Federal Way, Washington. What? Why would I register for a 5K? Well, you can still register, and you know, you would be included in the headcount. You would get a, you know, the your exclusive T-shirt, um, and that contribution would help the organization. And that's, um, I, I, I just, um, I hadn't thought of that on my own. I just thought that would be a cool way uh, for me to encourage uh, uh, Mike Seibert radio listeners um, if they wanted to participate and uh, and help out with that. Um, if you have any questions I can answer, uh, hit me up on email, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com, and I'll answer as best as possible. But again, keep an eye on uh, uh, the feeds. Uh, uh, these, uh, these special episodes will be happening in March, um, and I'll make sure and promote that. But, um, like I mentioned, I've, uh, I've mentioned this, uh, on Twitter a few times and it has been in the show notes for the last several weeks. So I just wanted to, uh, clarify, but again, uh, listen up for more information. You know, I, uh, 
I, I just tried to pack up and get out of here without telling you about the next couple episodes we've got coming up. Uh, they're both uh, really, really exciting. Uh, on next week's show, uh, dropping on Tuesday, February 13th, it is the Crackle Fest 8 Extravaganza featuring two awesome interviews. One with Kyle Stevens, the frontman and mastermind of Kirby Crackle. Uh, but also, I'm going to be doing a separate interview with uh, Lucia Fasano uh, at that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Crackle Fest 8, which is going to be happening again uh, Friday, March 2nd at the Hard Rock in downtown Seattle in conjunction with Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, we're going to be talking about the new uh, Music Alley as well as what's new and exciting with both of those great artists. You won't want to miss that. That is going to be on next week's show. And speaking of Emerald City Comic Con season, the following week on the podcast dropping on Tuesday, February 20th, uh, Jason Halverson, uh, who cosplays as Tony Stark Iron Man himself uh, from Costume Characters for Causes, will be on the show with me to talk about uh, what's going to be going on at, at the CBC 4C photo booth uh, returning to the family HQ area of Emerald City Comic Con as well as a Funko prototype auction. Uh, Check this out. Uh, It's the 2018 ECCC Funko prototype online auction benefiting the Good Times Project brought to you by Costume Characters for Causes in cooperation with Emerald City Comic Con and special thanks to the Funko Art Department. Registration is now open, and the online auction is going to run uh, during Emerald City Comic Con uh, starting Thursday, March 1st at 10 a.m. to Sunday, March 4th at 2 p.m., both of those being uh, Pacific Standard Time. I'll have a link to the online auction in the show notes, uh, but I'm really excited to reconnect with Jason and hear all about this, as well as his. um, he's, uh, he's done some acting work as Tony Stark in a fan film called Ironheart. It starts with a spark. Uh, So that's going to be a lot of fun. Again, that episode dropping on Tuesday, February 20th. And sometime in the future, as I said before, I will be talking to Matt and Tim from the Not So Much But Us show, um, uh, talking about Black Panther. And somewhere further down the line, I hope to talk to members of the Autopod Decepticast, uh, where we're going to talk about Transformers, the movie, and more. All of that and more in the coming weeks, only on Mike Seibert Radio. Whew. All right. Out of time for real this time. Uh, Another show done and in the books. Thank you for hanging with me for this long. And I'd like to thank you all for listening this week and every week you tune in. If you'd like to listen to all my old shows and podcasts, including all of my old college radio shows, you can listen and subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And if you'd like to help boost the profile of this podcast, post a review on Apple Podcasts. I'll give you a shout out and read your reviews on the air. That is it for me. My name is Mike. This has been Mike Cybert Radio. And until next time, make good choices. 